Hi, this is Dave Pryor for Projects at Work, and today I am very psyched because Yuka Lindstrom has taken some time out of his evening, my morning, um, and we're going to talk about some of the work that Yuka is doing. So Yuka is somebody who I met while he was working full-time as a CST for Reactor. We worked on the on the TAC together for the Scrum Alliance. He is hugely inspiring to me and somebody that uh, I always really enjoy talking to because he comes at things from such a different angle. Um it's always kind of like shakes my head a little bit. So you could thank you for taking time out of your afternoon. Hi, Dave, and thank you for for uh, interviewing me. This is a great opportunity for me to to reflect on things that I've been thinking about. Cool. Well, I, I'm glad that you're here. So, um, so you you work for a company called Cargo Tech, and if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you to take a minute to explain briefly what the company does, and then what your role at the company is. Yeah, so Cargotech is an, a company working in the cargo handling industry. So we have uh, three major uh, areas on, on sea, on terminals, and on road. And all, all of these, uh, we are moving cargo or uh, building equipment and providing uh, different kind of solutions for moving cargo. And my role in the company is is to help its digital transformation. So the company is uh, quite large. We have about 11,000 people and um, we are the market leader in, in many of the equipment that we offer uh, or the second in the market. And the transformation that we're undergoing through is like, I, I guess, most of the industrial companies is, is that uh, to be digitally enabled, to connect our equipment, to uh, go closer to the customer value and um, in that way uh, bring more value to the table. Okay. So just in case anybody's having trouble picturing it, if you go to the CargoTech website, you're going to see the pictures of the giant cranes that lift the containers and put them different places and all the machines that move that stuff around. So this is big, heavy gear, which is a huge difference from being somebody who works at an agile transformation company or a company that builds software. Um, yeah. What's the difference in your mind between digital transformation and agile transformation? So agile transformation, uh, of course, my, my background, a bit about that. I was working 20 years in software industry. So this is totally new for me, too, kind of working with big machinery, uh, logistics, cargo handling, equipment, and, and, and so on. So uh, when I was working with uh, agile transformations, of course, uh, the context was uh, in software development. But of course, in the latter years, it also span uh, under the, um, to, to larger scopes for, for being agile in business and being an agile as an organization, being able to uh, change and also react to change in the marketplace, in the customers and competitors and, and build uh, those, those new solutions to match those those changing changing environments, the digital transformation is different uh, from agile transformation. These are very very close. You have to be agile to be able to win also in the digital transformation. But the digital transformation is about uh, is it the is it the way that you work? Like going from I mean, I imagine they used to do this yeah. with paper, but now. Everything's on a computer and all the systems you want to have updating automatically, things like that, right? Yeah, so uh, 
at the core of the digital transformation is that old limitations are being lifted. So there was some kind of a constraint or or thing that wasn't possible like five, ten years ago. So for 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 instance, um, related to passing the papers. So 50, 60 years ago, all of the accounting was in, or most of the accounting in many companies was in, in on paper. But nowadays it's not. So there was a, a big limitation that has been lifted. And digital transformation about is about. Uh, as these um, limitations are being lifted, how should we change our ways of of operating so that we can get the benefit out of the removed limitations? Because if we, if we just continue operating exactly the same way as when everything was on paper, we will not get too much benefit. So we will maybe get a bit less headcount, but really... Where's the benefit? So one of my favorite examples is, is from budgeting. So uh, most organizations still go through uh, yearly budgeting cycles, but that's that's a relic from, from 50, 60 years ago. But nowadays, most companies have ERPs. We, we should be knowing our exact final stages every day. So uh, how should we operate? In the business of, of cargo handling, the, the limitation has been that uh, there's been so many different moving pieces. Let's let's think of a cargo terminal, for instance. You can go to YouTube and look at some uh, videos from from the um, port of Singapore, for example. There's huge, huge, huge amounts of containers moving through that that terminal. Okay. So everything everything has been optimized as as a single piece. And what we're doing right now at, at CargoDeck, we're connecting all of our equipment uh, together uh, through connectivity. So how should we operate when we know exactly where all of our e- equipment are, what's their status? If we know exactly where every single piece of, of uh, uh, the containers um, are, that's that's a totally different set of rules how we should operate. I would imagine yeah, that from ahead. like a maturity standpoint, I mean, having access to that volume of information, the way that they're accustomed to working in terms of decision making and things is going to have to go through this massive transformation as well, because it's going from like being an infant to an adult, you know, with a massive command of language and all these other skills. You've got a lot more available to you now and you need to make is, different yeah. choices. And the the limitation that you keep referring to is people, right? Our ability to do stuff and think about stuff. Um, the limitation is is that something was wasn't just possible. So, for instance, knowing exactly where uh, all of the equipment and all of the cargo uh, and the containers are, and that's been shifted. Of course, they operate. They are pretty good in doing what what the, what they do. Uh, but in the um, realm of the old limitations, so if they continue operating in the same way, they have the same organizational structures, uh, and they they will not get all of the benefit of the digitalization of of uh, the um, the data or getting the data available and connected equipment. So, okay. So you're and you're trying to teach them agile as well at the same time, right? So. In order to win in this, of course, that requires uh, kind of agile ways of working because there's quite a lot of uncertainty how to build the value uh, as the limitations are being lifted. What's the new business models? Um, 
who are the real customers in 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 these cases so there's quite a lot of uncertainties and what's what's the business models like what kind of business do we do how do we bill for it it's because one of the limitations also in the equipment industry has been that uh, most um, companies manufacturing companies or equipment companies like ourselves we've been selling equipment and spare parts right because that that was the only way we could really do the business. We yeah. didn't have knowledge of how much value our equipment really uh, provided to the customer, what was really done with the customer, so uh, or by the customer with the equipment. So the so, question I yeah. want to ask you is how much harder? This sounds massively harder to me than a regular agile transformation, which is really hard to begin with. I mean, this is a <laughs> this is a lot. It is, yes. The, the challenges that there are is, of course, uh, to identifying and understanding what are the limitations that are being, being lifted and how should we operate. And with the question, how should we operate, comes to, like, how are we organized? Now, um, I would say there's, uh, I, I saw this all, already also when I was a consultant or and a coach and a trainer, that there's uh, this, uh, let's say, different departments have different kind of an, uh, goals. They are trying to optimize certain certain aspects. But now, um, if if we look at the value from the customers' point of view, customers are not interested in how the departments and organizations go. They're interested just just in the in the value. So we need to think about this this. Um, what's the organizational structure like? Much of the uh, opportunities they don't land on one single functions or organizations or even business lines or even certain specific equipment lap. It's like how all of the equipment in the terminal uh, work well together and how can we improve that. So it's the value is created as uh, by the whole, right. not by the parts. Do you find that in making the mindset shift or cultural shift that for the folks working there, that it's easier to do these two things together or was it easier when you were just like focusing on just the agile piece of it when you were doing work at reactor? I think it was easier in terms um, with when it was only agile, then the, of course the query uh, or the, the question or the, the, um, the need from the customers was like, Hey, Hey, we want to be uh, better doing this software. Yeah. Seeing that the world will change and uh, the digitalization and digital technologies play their big role. And the question is, how can we uh, get all of this change that's happening uh, to be of benefit to our customers and to ourselves? Well, I think it from the Cargodex point of view. Okay. So there are quite a lot of people who are thinking about, okay, this is what we need to do. So we agree and accept that the digitalization will come in and the world is going toward that route. Um, and we have some targets on this, but we'll have to figure out how to do it. And that's very good for, for in terms of uh, uh, thinking as my role. So I'm there to try to help them to kind of figure out Okay, how to do the business, how to explore, how to discover the new business models, how to discover the way of getting from the less than 20, 20 percent of revenue from software and services to get there to that 40 percent. 
So this is a really, I think one of the, to, to me, one of the most interesting things that you just said in, in that explanation was that they don't know, you know, you know, you want everything connected, but you don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to do with that yet. So there's this sort of bet that having all this data is going to lead to something like, just as a simple example, instead of waiting for a customer to order new containers, you might be able to tell from sensors on the container, well, they've had these things exposed to salt air for this long, which means they're going to erode at this at this rate. So we better get their order in now. So let's go to them and say, listen, these things are only going to last you another two years. You're going to need more. And you wouldn't yep, have yeah, known but- that before. Yes. So, yeah. so, so Ocean's more data available and, and they're betting on the fact that you're going to figure something smart to do with that data when you get there. Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, we we that's an ina- the connectivity is an enabler for all of these uh, new ways of doing business as, and and also new business models. Just I just want to say this out loud because I know it's eleven thousand people. That's like twelve to fifteen hundred teams of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That's a really big I, I scrum of scrums meeting. It it, <laughs> it 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 is of course uh there's a there are very very different um businesses and equipment there and, and to be honest kind of the approach of course when you're selling equipment you've been kind of optimizing that one equipment so mo- many of these parts of the organization are excellent in what they've been doing but they are not very good at collaborating or or kind of talking past the, the different product lines and 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 uh, business areas and so on that's that's of course one one big change uh, and transformation here to kind of support the organization in in working together collaborating and there of course quite a lot of stuff from agile comes into play yeah okay so yeah breaking down those walls and helping them interact yes yeah Not in, as in, in fact, yeah that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and, and and also of course like the tradition in in um, equipment manufacturing side, it's it's the dev- product development there is is very close to, to waterfall. Okay. So, and and um, there's really no explo- exposure for uh, iterative uh, type of of uh, of development or even teamwork. So. While you were saying that there's a could be a huge amount of teams, I don't even see too many teams here yet. Okay, but we're building them. Cool. So we have a couple of really, really good examples and showing the power of of team for work and focused and clear goals and and iterating already in, in some examples in the past six months that I've been here, and that's that's really nice to see people get enthusiastic on this. Yeah, that's cool. Um- all right, so I would like to switch gears for a minute, and it kind of hinges on yep. some, one thing that you just mentioned. So, um, you were I mean, you come out like you said, you come out of a software development background, yes, and you were at Reactor for eleven years. And since you left Reactor three years ago, you've been at three different places. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on where where you learn, where did you learn faster? I, I've had experiences working at companies for a long time and others for a short time. But one of the things that always surprises me is when I go teach a class and somebody's like, I've been here for 18 years. I'm like, what's wrong with you? Why did you not leave? Why did you not go? You figured this place out. Um, but I don't know if that's, I'm curious to see if that's, cause I know you're very inquisitive is which, which of those things has provided you with greater learning experiences? Um, it's a very hard question. 
looking at on um, the past two years, I've learned immensely uh, from moving past the software and into the world of, of factoring and large equipment and larger organizations uh, with hierarchies and not so self-organizing teams. I think I've learned immensely in the past two years. Of course, when, while I was at, 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 at Reactor, uh, I also learned a lot as a consultant working with tens, 20, 30 uh, different uh, types of, of, of engagements, hundreds of clients and so on. So uh, it's it's different, but I think one of the reasons why I, I, I switched two years ago from software to, to this, um, let's say, traditional, more traditional organizations and, and manufacturing world, equipment world, was to see if I can apply the stuff that I had already learned there in how to, um, in the ways of working, agile, uh, business development, can they be applied in this kind of an, uh, context? And I've learned immensely on that. So this is a real, I mean, and I remember when you left, like I, my interpretation of it was, you were going from a place of comfort where you had developed yes. this expertise and throwing yourself back into the thing that everybody else is trying to walk away from. So sometimes I use the phrase agile bodhisattva because it's the best way I can think of, of explaining that. Like somebody who's figured mm -hmm. it out but stayed behind to help the other folks. You walked back into the burning building to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could, you could, you could say that. I, I paid a lot on on the um, uncomfortability zone for myself. And that's been wonderful. So, all right, this is, I'm going to, there was a question that just for folks who are listening, a question that you and I talked about before we started. I'm going to change it a little bit. Yeah. Um, you put yourself in a situation where you know you're going to be challenged, you know it's going to be hard. And when you're going through that process, like, for most people, I think if the idea of walking back into the waterfall environment or the traditional environment would be like, no, why would I ever want to do that? But you did it on purpose to, to sharpen yourself and learn. But along that process, there's got to be really dark moments like where you're just like, oh, what the hell was I? This sucks. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. But if you do, well, I guess the first question is, do you have those moments? Because some people say they don't. And if you do, what are the things that you do in your life or in your work? to re-inspire yourself because there's a lot of folks that get into that dark place and, and pulling themselves back out of it is really hard. So I'm yeah, curious I, to hear what your thoughts are on that. Uh, for the first question, whether I've had those moments, yes, I've had them. And I vividly remember uh, several uh, situations where I've kind of come to uh, the realization or become aware that Hey, hey! Now, now something is wrong. Like, like last uh, about a year ago, I, I found myself putting on a corporate mask, and this was I—I've been always kind of very straightforward, honest, and 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 kind of uh, saying what I think, and then kind of living with it. Like, uh, okay, if you don't like it, then that's fine, and 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 so on. But I found myself going into some kind of a play mode. And that was really hard. I, I, I noticed that after I was feeling very tired and kind of a very somehow stuck for a moment. And then I got, got the realization that now I'm not being myself. 
and it was an interesting dynamic. How did you there, get so that realization? Because half the planet stuck where you just described. <laughs> um, I, I just felt kind of an awful somehow. Okay. Very very stuck. I was very in in a deep place. And uh, the dynamic when I started kind of unwinding that, that was very interesting. So when I had sh- switched, uh, re- left reactor yeah, uh, over two years ago, um, I went to this very tra- traditional organization. And um, I found myself in a position where I was, I had very much trouble sometimes explaining myself. So because the mindset was so yeah. different. So yeah. I had I, I was very used to discussing pe- with people in software industry and using metaphors from that side and and kind of an, um, I, uh, some, somehow getting my message across. But I I quickly found myself in a situation where I wasn't so able to talk with the senior leaders and explain the situation. They just I, I just didn't get I felt I didn't feel that I was able to communicate what I was trying to say, and this led. To me, uh, not communicating or kind of lessening the amount of stuff that I, I was trying to explain. So, and then I started just to go along with what was happening, and uh, that started to eat me out. Okay, and that got me into that deep place where I was feeling uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that I would wish to do or and say and and so on, but I somehow betrayed myself not saying those stuff aloud because that was un, somehow uncomfortable. But when I became, became aware of this, um, fortunately, I had one, one uh, old friend from Reactor, which I had an excellent coaching friend type of uh, discussion. And, and he helped me to kind of an, really to get that realization. I was just in that deep place and I was like, hey, there's something wrong. And we started discussing and I was able to kind of then start unwinding that. But I do have those. So that reminded me of, uh, which I've been doing then afterwards to kind of reflect on myself and what are my needs and what's happening in me. And that's the, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me in one piece. Okay. Okay. <laughs> while the while the context might not be uh, going forward as as fast as I would like, and uh, still kind of a stuff that I uh, sometimes uh, I feel like I I need to rip my pants. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. there's a couple of things that you just said that I just want to kind of highlight before I ask you one more question um, because they relate back to stuff that that has come up in the past or that I think are pretty remarkable. So you, when you just talked about getting into that dark place, you said you realized that you had betrayed yourself. And to me, that's, mm. that's a huge thing because most people, at least I believe most people in that situation, they, they cast themselves in the victim as the victim. I can't do this. They won't let me do that. And you climbed past that point, which is you turn it around. It's okay. What, what am I not doing? What can I change? Um, mm. I think that's a big deal. I think you just described having what, what I would call an accountability partner, like somebody that you know and trust who knows you and will challenge you and what's going on to help you find your way out of those dark spots. Yes. Um, which is really, really important. Um, the self-reflection I, thing too, because it, it's it's selfish, but selfish in a healthy and a good way. Yeah. Of course, one, one excellent thing that uh, I got that realization, when I come to work, the fun stuff. 
I, I just focus. There's so much stuff to do. Just focusing on the on the stuff that really are are invigorating, fun for me, and focusing on those those things. I uh, just a few weeks back, I was kind of um, building up a PowerPoint presentation, and I was kind of stuck with that related to to uh, some digitalization um, governance and and things things here. And I was like, it, it it was really really hard. And then then uh, again, I got the realization with with talking with my this time with my spouse, uh, like she asked me, hey. Where's the fun in that? And I, I noticed that I, I wasn't having any fun. And then I, next day when I came back to work, I'm like, why am I doing this? What's, what's, the, <laughs> what's, what, what's the fun part? The part where you have an expectation for fun at work is the thing that I think is awesome. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I think that that should be taken. So I, I don't yeah. understand really why why people separate separate uh, kind of work, fun, and learning. Yeah, that's so, an old, very old, old type of thinking. Like in the manufacturing line, you probably didn't have fun, or or you didn't learn too much. But in in our knowledge type of work, and in the current complex environment that world do find the fun incorporate in learning and do great stuff with that whatever yeah. you're doing so so that's work so and i and i would i would go a step further and say if you can't find fun in what you're doing if you can't make sure that that stuff is there then either you're doing the wrong thing or you're just it's your own fault i mean <laughs> there's plenty of, <laughs> of stuff to do or get a different job it's not that yeah yeah you know, that we, we're very fortunate, I think, and we work in a space where there is, you know, a fair amount of work. And if you're not getting charged out of what you're doing, then you should probably move on. Um, yeah. So do you um, do you have stuff outside of work? Are there things that you have to do that, or that you do as a practice that help kind of revitalize you and keep you fresh for so that when you come back to work, you're able to be there and, and show up and be present for the folks that are there? Yeah, there's quite a lot, of course. In uh, my my family, I have a seven year old old son, with whom I spend quite a lot of time. But I think, in terms of um, what keeps me going, is is some kind of a curiosity. I am very curious person. I read a lot. Use that also as an fiction uh, books advent. or work related books. It's it's more work related books, really. Okay. Uh, but somehow, I'm I'm very curious about how the world works. And how how I work in the world, and much of the the books that I've been reading have been related to to um, these kind of topics. Okay, is there one you've read recently that was in particularly inspiring? Um, in fact, I what I would really recommend you if if you haven't heard about this, there's a, a online course um, uh, starting. Uh, I think in few weeks, uh, called ULab by uh, MIT, and uh, was the person. I participated in that course two years ago, or it's uh, ULab, the like the word, the letter U, L A B. Yeah. Okay. ULab, and and I, I can find it and put the link in. Yeah, 
And uh, no, and it, it was la- last year in, in spring that I participated in the course. It's, it's a book on, on transforming uh, oneself, the businesses and, and, and the society. And it was a superb course. And I would really much recommend everybody who's listening to, to join in. So it, uh, um, last spring, there was something like 50,000 people participating oh in God. that course. <laughs> wow. That's that's a lot of people. Yeah. But this is one of those free courses they're offering online, right? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. And and there there were quite a lot of excellent interesting stuff there. So there they set up coaching circles for for uh kind of uh, for for the people who who participated. So in my coaching circle there was a person from from Turkey, somebody from uh, South America, from Norway, a couple of people oh, from wow. the US. And so when we had very kind of deep uh, and and impactful conversations, supporting each other, our, uh, each other in in the transformations that we were trying to do, and and the course content also was was excellent. So it was led by Otto Schamer, uh, who has has written a book also leading from the emerging future. I think that's 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 a really good book. Okay, also. I'll put the link into that too. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. It was really cool talking to you. I really, it's always really inspiring for me, but I really appreciate you taking time out of your day for this. Um, yeah, thank you, Dave. Yeah. And, and I hope you come back to teaching at some point, but I'm glad that you're getting the experience. I mean, teaching as, you know, CST teaching, um, but I'm glad that you're getting the great experiences that you are out there. I think it's really cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, one thing that I, I, I might be doing in the near future uh, is also to try to, to um, kind of condense or kind of, um, what, how do you say that, kind of uh, bring in the, the, the stuff that I've learned in related to this kind of large scale transformations somehow to, that I could kind of share that experience because there's, it, it was a very, very big change for moving from, from working with organizations of, let's say, uh, 10 people or 100 people to now working with 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 uh, 10,000 people so so the the ways and mechanisms on 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 kind of on trying to impact the change are vastly different so i really have to kind of try to impact the system and the context and kind of an uh, been trying out stuff from from um from uh, David Snowden on, on kind of complexity sciences and so on, and how to kind of uh, get the momentum going in a large organization. That's that's been a good, good learnings there. Uh, even Hopefully. seeing the system at the scale that you're talking about has got to be daunting. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, whenever you sure whenever you're ready stuff. to do yeah. that stuff, let me know. It would be great to do another interview about it. Yeah, right. cool. All right, thanks a lot. I really appreciate this, and I'm glad yeah. you're doing well. And it was great talking to you. Yeah, thank you, Dave. Cool.